0: I'm going to ask Rick to keep playing as I read our reading from John 17. Just a reminder that in the context, this is Jesus praying for his church. This is Jesus praying for you and for me. Praying for all who have been before and all who will come to know him. And this is part of his prayer for you. It sits within a much bigger prayer, but here's just part of this prayer for you. As Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify is make pure and holy and clean myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth not only on behalf of these but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their words that they may all be one as you father are in me and i am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me The glory that you have given me I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am To see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know you. And they know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them. And I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways in which you reveal yourself to us through your word and we pray that you would do that afresh this morning that as we look at this incredible prayer that you prayed recorded by john we pray that you would bless us and unite us in jesus name amen Well, it is a tremendous joy to be able to stand here. Um, here we go. On the sixth anniversary of my first Sunday here at St. Mary's and St. Mark's, and to be able to say that we are one parish. Um, I hu- I nearly brought champagne with me, but then I thought I'd probably break a stained glass window, so it's probably not worth the risk. Um, but it is a huge thing to celebrate in, a huge thing to rejoice in, that we are one parish. I don't think you quite necessarily can fully understand the significance of that, what it means, uh, what it means not only for us but for the kingdom. Uh, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, but it is hugely significant uh, and, and also uh, sadly to say it's also quite rare uh, to, to hear of two churches uh, who generally get along well together, who celebrate one another, who work together well, who, who pray together well, uh, who worship together well. It's a really wonderful thing to be able to stand here and say that we are one parish, as of the 1st of January, last Sunday. We are one parish, officially one united parish. And it's a huge joy to be able to stand here and say that on this Sunday, to delight in that, to rejoice in that, because unity is something that God takes huge delight in as well. You, you find through scripture that there's a common thread that runs through, that there's lots of common threads that run through scripture, but one of them is unity. Uh, In many different forms, we have... the unity of a perfect community of the Trinity working together to bring about creation of the world. We have the beautiful unity between God and his creation. We have the beautiful unity between God and his people. We see that unity broken down. We see the story of the people of Israel, of God desiring to restore that unity uh, between them and him and he and them and them and one another. Uh, we see stories of unity of people being reunited with God. We see stories of people being reunited with one another, beautiful stories of reconciliation and healing that comes from that when people are reunited, when families are reunited, when people are reunited with their land, when people are reunited with God the Father. So many wonderful stories of unity throughout Scripture. And we have here this prayer of Jesus praying that the church that he's going to give as a gift to the world would be one as he and the Father are one. If you want to know what unity genuinely looks like, you look to Jesus. You look to who he is in the Father, to what he says about the Father, to how he works with the Father. Perfect unity, perfect community, working together for the sake of the world. And he's praying here that we would be one, that those who know him would be united not only around him, but even more remarkably be united in him. That we are in Christ as one and he is in us as one. That is a remarkable truth, isn't it? The God of the universe is in you and you are in him and we are in him together. Not only us here at St. Mary's and at St. Mark's, but the church worldwide are in him together. Remarkable a thing that Jesus asked for, but a thing that he did as he sent his spirit on us. And we're united around the truth of who he is. We're united in him. We're united around his word. We're united around the message and the good news that we bring to the world. And we are one in him. How incredible is that? And here we are able to say, as, as two churches in two parish, in two, what was two parishes, to now say that we are one parish. And in one sense you could say, well it's just a formality, it's just very practical, it's a very good thing, it's a very helpful thing going forward, uh, it's, there are lots of benefits that come from it, but the significance of it practically is nothing compared to the significance of it spiritually significance of what God is going to do because of this unity because when you read about unity in scripture you realize just how not only good it is but how powerful it is as well what it says to the world when people are united around Christ it's a powerful powerful thing But as well as being powerful, it's also uh, described in lots of different ways. But one of my favorite descriptions of unity comes in the Psalms. uh, And you'll probably know where I'm heading straight away. Psalm 133, a beautiful psalm, a poetic psalm. Uh, I've been learning this week about uh, poetry and psalms and how significant it is. And how often in poetry the the writer is inviting you to explore what is really meant by what they're saying. is inviting you deeper to understand uh, scripture. And there's this beautiful Psalm 133, uh, written, a song of ascent of David. And it says this, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord ordains his blessing, ever life even life forevermore. What a beautiful poetic picture of unity. He's using imagery to describe something, but he's trying to express what it feels like to be uh, united. And he's getting this, first of all, this beautiful image. And it's not insignificant that the first thing that comes to his head is anointing. The first image that comes to his mind when he's thinking about unity is anointing. And he's picturing the anointing ceremony uh, of a leader, of a king, of a ruler that when they were chosen and appointed by God, one of the first things that would happen is oil would be poured over their head, and not even to, not just a little sort of we we'll put a little mark on your forehead, literally a whole jar of oil would have been poured over their heads to say that this is God's anointed one. This is the one whom I have chosen. And that oil would have poured down slowly over their face, in Aaron's case, down his beard and then down his robes. And it's this this kind of picture of God releasing anointing, isn't it? That you can almost imagine the imagery of actually, we might look at that and think that's a weird thing. But actually, they, as the people of Israel, have looked at that's a beautiful thing because it means that God has appointed, He has chosen, He has anointed, and He's blessing. And so there's this beautiful picture. And then he goes on to give a beautiful picture of Jew on the Mount of, of, of the Mountains. Uh, and again, significance about the mountain that he chose, the Mount Hermon. Really significant in the people of Israel's history and story. And then the picture of the Jew in the morning. I'm sure you've all seen how beautiful that can be. But again, this really beautiful picture uh, of something poetic, but also just stunning. And then he says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. That is all a description of unity. That's how the psalmist is describing unity. And think about it. Think about places where you've seen people who really, on paper, wouldn't normally be united, uniting around something. It is beautiful, isn't it? It is stunning when people are genuinely united over something that you think is impossible to be united around there is a beauty about it how good and pleasant but also how beautiful how stunning how amazing but also what you see in scripture is how powerful it is as well and jesus desire jesus prayer for his church is that we would be one as he is one So that the world can see, so that the world will know that we are in Him and He is in us through that unity. The unity we share practically is nothing compared to what God is going to do spiritually because we can stand here and say we are one parish. And something that those of you who were here last week would have heard Peter allude to the fact that that is the work of of many people in history who have worked towards that unity, who have prayed for that unity, who have desired that unity. And I, everyone who's spoken to me about when this, this, these two churches became a united benefice, which I think was about 15 years ago, possibly, 12, 13, 15 years ago, something like that. Everyone who's ever spoken to me about it said on paper, it shouldn't have worked. I don't really know what they mean by that. I think it's just because the churches are so different in terms of their styles of worship. And they said on paper, it shouldn't have worked. But in the kingdom, it works. In the kingdom, it works. Because God is in it. And it's a unity, not born from committee, but from love for one another. And that's the kind of unity that lasts. And we've got to do some things in order, really, I think, to just kind of really seal that and secure that unity that we have. Because in that unity, we are going to find blessing. And I don't know exactly what that blessing is going to look like, except I know it's going to be good because it's coming from God. So it's going to be good. But there's a couple of things I think we need to do. The first, I think we need to do is celebrate it. What the psalmist is doing in Psalm 133 is celebrating unity. Absolutely celebrating what unity can be. And I think it's important that we, as a parish, celebrate the unity that we have. Secondly, I need to think, really make it clear that we don't take it for granted. As I said, it's not a common thing in the world. The world, when you look around you, seems more divided than anything else. So to be in a parish that's united is a huge privilege. A wonderful thing and a gift from God that we must not take for granted. This is something Jesus prayed for. Therefore, you do not hold it lightly. When you have it, when you see it, you do not hold it lightly. It is a wonderful gift which is calling us to protect to hold dear. And so thirdly, I want us to, to work towards protecting, about that, protecting that unity by being intentional about it. It's not a case of saying, well, the diocese has signed us off now, we're now officially one parish, let's move on with our lives. No, this is a case of how do we build on this? This is a beginning, not an ending. This isn't a case of saying we've, we've got to the end of that process now, we're united. No, this is the beginning of our unity. We see this as as the day where we say, from this day, we're going to work together as best we can. And we're going to be intentional about doing that across our five villages. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, more on that in a few weeks' time, but I'll come to that later. Uh, And so it's building on that unity that we have by being intentional about it. And so we want to develop the unity as well that we have because as united as we are, there are always ways we can be more united. There will always be some areas that we look at and think, well, we're not quite united on this, how can we be? How could we make it so that we can work together on that? To celebrate the diversity that we have as we've been talking about, but also recognize where we are united More significantly, who we are united around, as we've been singing about all morning. It's great to start the year by singing songs like Jesus be the center, Jesus it's all about you, because we are united around him above all else. And then to follow the example of Jesus and to continue to pray for unity. To pray for the unity we have, to pray for the unity we could have, to pray for places where we don't yet see unity, that we will see unity. It means for, for us here as those at St. Mary's, being committed to praying for our brothers and sisters at St. Mark's, and then being committed to pray for us as I charged them with this morning as well. And to be united, committed around praying for one another as one united parish. But above all, to remember that the significance of this practically is nothing compared to the significance of it spiritually. Because where there is unity, God ordains his blessing and even life evermore, as the psalmist says. So may we know that blessing. May we be celebrating the unity we have may we be intentional about it may we not take it for granted may we develop it pray for it may we remember who we are united around and in that place may we see god ordain his blessing not only on us but those who don't yet know him on our communities on our villages on our neighbors, on our friends that we're praying for, on those who need Jesus. Through this unity, may the world know that we are in him and he is in us and we are in him together. And through that, may they know his love, respond to his love, be joined in his love. really through this unity revive us Lord revive us and revive our communities do as you will in us because the one thing we're going to do at the start of this year is just surrender ourselves to him again Surrender this unity to him. Surrender our churches to him. Surrender our villages to him. Surrender those we're praying for to him. And then as we do that, let's see what he wants to do. Let's be open to whatever he wants to do. Because it will be good. And in it we will find, as the psalmist promised, life evermore. So let's just be still in this moment, just just to almost mark this moment in prayer. To thank him for the unity we share. And you may be here this morning and thinking, well, for me, it makes no difference, but... In the kingdom is significant.